Hey there, friend. Welcome to the podcast today. Everybody on the planet goes through trials. Nobody gets out of the room without going through trials. These are times of pressure and testing. And I'm sorry if you've been sold a form of Christianity or Christ following that is trialless that bad things do not happen or times of pressure do not come. And as we're going to find out from our special guest today, God uses these trials and we can actually, if we process well, leverage our trials to advance. Welcome, this is Brian Del Turco. Thanks for connecting today on Jesus Smart, the podcast, episode 195, with special guest Frank Viola, Leverage Your Trials to Advance. Frank is a radical, as in, quote, returning to the root. That's the root meaning of the word radical. Returning to the root of Christ following. He's one of the most read Christian bloggers in the world at frankviola.org. He's a teacher, a speaker, a prolific author, many facets to his work and ministry. And visit this site, hangonletgo.com, which features his new book and new corresponding course to the book, hangonletgo.com. You see, we all go through trials, but for Christ followers who process with the Lord, there is gain via the trial. Gain for God and gain for us. This conversation is gritty and real. Let's get right to it. Hey, Frank, how are you doing? Thanks for being with us today on the podcast. How are you? Hey, doing great, Brian. Doing great. I'm so glad you're here. Now, rumor has it that you're just uh, about to open the oven door and offer a new project to the world. At some point, I think you're saying in this new project, something in our lives will strip us out of all control. Frank is one of the most read Christian bloggers in the world at frankviola.com. He's the author of his Titanic book, Resurgence, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom. You can check that out at insurgencebook.com. And the Insurgents podcast has been going, and now you're, what are you doing, Frank? You're toggling right back and forth between Christ is all one week and the Insurgents podcast the other week? That's right. Yes. Every Tuesday, either the Insurgents podcast will release a new episode or the Christ is All podcast will release a new episode. And so, yeah, we're toggling back and forth. Correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah tremendous resources. Uh, he leads the Deeper Christian Life Network at thedeeperchristianlife.com. This is for um, overcoming spiritual isolation and wanting to launch into deeper waters with Christ born in New Jersey, raised in New York, now lives in Florida, happily married, loves New York-style pizza. I'm going to go out on, on a limb and speculate that um, New York pizza trumps Orlando pizza. Would that be right? <laughs> By far. <laughs> All right. Hey, Frank, we're really glad you're with us again. What What's simmering right now on um, in your world? Do you have one or two hot takes right now, if I could put it like that, from the lore that you feel the Holy Spirit's sort of animating right now? Well, really, it's it's this book that's uh, being released uh, as as listeners are listening to this. The book will be available. It's called Hang On, Let Go, What to Do When Your Dreams Are Shattered and Life is Falling Apart. And in answer to your question, uh, over the last several years, even up to the present, I have observed many uh of the Lord's people, many friends of mine, acquaintances, people on social media that I'm connected to, 
are really going through a very difficult time, a mm. trial, a crisis. And so I, I was stirred to, to write this book a year ago. And right now, you know, it takes about a year from the time you turn a book into the publisher and okay. the time the publisher releases it. But the timing couldn't be better because many, many Christians, at least in my world, uh, at least the ones that I see online, are really going through struggles, either either struggles with health, either struggles with relationships, either struggles with finances. They're really going through the ringer. And so that's what this book is for. Yeah, I could I could really resonate with what you're saying there. I, I see that too, maybe not at, at the scale you do, but I certainly see it. I feel I've, We felt it in our own lives. Jesus said that in this world, you will have pressure or tribulation, but take courage, I've overcome the world, right? Are trials just part and parcel of living in a fallen world and the Lord just uses them maybe? Or are there times when the Lord actually leads us into trials or maybe even proactively creates them for us? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's both. I'll I'll break up your, your question into several parts. First of all, trouble, tribulation, pain and suffering is all part of being a human. Whether you're a Christian or not, you're going to have trouble. Okay. It's just part of being in this fallen, broken world. But for the Christian, it's really a different ball game because God uses, all right. He uses our trials, our tribulations, our crisis with a specific goal in mind. And I get into what the goal is in the book. But the, the other part of it is, Sometimes the Lord will take what is done to us, you know, evil, perhaps, whether it's from the world or from other people. But he then he does jujitsu. He he turns it into good if we allow him to. Perfect example is Joseph, completely mistreated by his brothers. And then when he got into Egypt, uh, he was lied about by Potiphar's wife. Uh, who obviously had a hormone problem, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, but, but Joseph understood that God's hand, his sovereign hand was behind it. He said, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And sometimes the Lord will, in fact, not just use trials that happen to us and bend them to his will and, and use them for his glory and our gain, but he also will be behind, in every sense of the word, the trial, by driving us into it. A perfect example is Jesus. The Spirit led him into the wilderness Hmm. to be on trial, right? Now, it was the enemy who tempted him, but it was the Holy Spirit who led him there, okay? So, we have both working. And I get into this in the book quite a bit. How do we perceive a trial? How? What kind of perspective are we to have in order to get through it? And in order to drain out all that God intends for us through the trial, because we can waste trials if we don't have the right perspective and the right response. Yes. If we must go through them, we, we might as well optimize them, right? Yes. So, it's how we frame it. So, so, I'm hearing what you're saying is that it's just part and parcel of living in a fallen world, but that the Lord uses it and gets involved in the mix. And then there are maybe other times where he more proactively initiates, like with Jesus, or leads us into some temptation or trial. 
to deepen us, yeah. to expand us. Yeah. Right. And he, he never tempts us, of course. No. You know, James says he That's never right. tempts us, but he will put in circumstances where he tests us. And scripture is clear, both old and new, that the Lord does test us. He tests his people. Uh, but he's, it's not just like a test that a teacher is going to give the student to see if they pass or fail. It's more to reveal to us what's really going on in our life, areas that we may have overlooked, and also to put our faith on the firing line. And James James basically says this, you know, that when you go through various trials, there's a purpose, there's an objective that God is aiming at. So yeah, it's it there there's many layers to it. It's it's not a simple thing, but again in the book I go into I drill down deeply <laughs> on all of it and particularly trying to give help to the Christian who's really going through it, who's really catching it. Yeah, you know, I was talking with a family member last evening and I was they they brought up something which made me remember, hey, I'm interviewing Frank tomorrow about this topic. And we were talking about James 1, 2 to 4. And it's amazing. This is a letter, right? That the half-brother of Jesus wrote, James. Yes. And he gives his salutation in the first verse, his normal, typical mm-hmm. greeting. And then, boom, right away in verses 2 to 4, he's talking about considering it all joy when we encounter trials and why we should. It's really amazing. It, it must be something of a um, priority uh issue or processing that God does with us, it seems. Yeah, consider it all joy when you encounter knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So, you're saying that what provoked you to write this book is by looking around you at the experiences of people you know and observe online and off. And I don't know, can I be, will you be vulnerable? Can I ask you in your own life as well? Have you seen... um, an uptick or uh, this becoming a um, a strong issue with Christians today? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, part of it was what I was seeing around me. Another part of it is I've gone through many, many trials myself. And, uh, and so consequently, that was also the provocation because I wanted to, in order to help the Lord's people, I wanted to excavate uh, my own trials throughout my life ever since I've, I've been on this planet, you know, Everything I've learned and all the help that I have received and the insights that God has given me directly and through other people, I wanted to put it all in one book so that I can hand it to a person who's really going through the fire, who's really uh, trying to survive the storm Mm -hmm. and say, here, read this. This is everything I know. These are the things that have helped me. I hope they help you. And uh, and so, yeah, it's. I mean, I think by and large, many of us who follow the Lord and it it differs, you know, based on our experience and our knowledge, but many of us do not understand the anatomy of a trial. Yeah. What, what is that anatomy? What, what makes up a good trial? (laughs) Ah, That's great. (laughs) All right. So here, here are just some of the things I've learned. And and I, I say so much more about this in the book. But I'll just um, reduce it down to a number of points. Okay, number one, trials are the common lot of every Christian. Nobody is exempt. All right, storms affect us all. Uh, as the great poet Jim Morrison once said of the doors, no one gets out of here alive. <laughs> and uh, so, so it's true. We... We are going to go, if we're breathing oxygen, we're going to go through a trial, Mm -hmm. right? Number Mm -hmm. two, your particular trial does not matter 
as much as how you respond to it. Mm. And that's a revolutionary thought. You know, God is a lot more interested in how I respond to my trials and how you respond to your trials than the trial itself. And in the book, I talk a lot about the difference between responding and reacting. And Mm. this is something that's come out of my own experience because I was very reactionary, uh, very reactionary through the years. And the Lord taught me the difference between response and reaction. What was that, Uh, that New Jersey, New York, Italian background? (laughs) There you go. Sure. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So number three, every trial is tailor-made to make you and I a better version of ourselves. Okay. Transformation is God's big goal. And he's also using the trials to prepare us for our calling. He's preparing others around us who observe us go go through trials. He's preparing them for their callings. And so the Lord is doing a lot of things in a trial, much of which we don't really understand at first glance or we don't see. This was the case with Joseph. I mean, Joseph's trials, they didn't seem to make any sense until God used them to basically bring his people through a situation where they would have been impoverished but he caused them to survive. And uh, and not only that, but it was the way that he was able to bring the Messiah uh, into the world. So, you know, there's, there's a lots of layers to yeah, what sure. God is doing in a trial. And uh, so often we're not in touch with it. But back to this point about transformation, Brian, I love Job 23.10. Okay. It says, he knows the way I have taken. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Hmm. All right. And so if you're in a trial right now and you're going through the university of adversity, okay. know that if you respond the way the Lord wants you to, all right. And again, I get into this in the book in great detail. There's gold ahead. Okay. There's transformation uh, a ahead. Better, a better you, a more expansive you. 2.0 of yourself, yeah, basically. A better vessel and, for the Lord. Yeah. As someone who is also those areas that you've had trouble with, those areas that are in contradiction to the nature of God, those areas that keep besetting you over and over again that, that, uh, you know, affect other people. Those are the areas that the Lord wants to completely change and transform. Amen. And he uses the fires of trial to to do that. Here's a fourth one, Brian. To survive and thrive in your in your trial, you must learn to hang on on the one hand and let go on the other. Mm. Now that's the title of the book, Hang On, Let Go. Those are two contradictory impulses. But in the book, I explain what to hang on to and what to let go of. And this is essential because I do not believe that we could survive our trials and thrive through them and gain what God is seeking to gain. Oftentimes in a trial, many times we're hanging on to the wrong thing and it may seem right to us, but the way to get through it is we have to let go. Hmm. All right. And then on the other hand, there are things that we just are not really through kind of a very aggressive stance. We're not hanging on. We're quitting. And I give many examples from scripture on how to hang on, let go at the same time and what to hang on to and what to let go. But it is the heart of the book. And it's, 
I go into lots of detail and, and, and one of the great things too about the book is it's very, very practical. Uh, I put people in their various situations relating to it and then explaining practically how they can get through anxiety. But there's an awful lot of anxiety that comes with trials, um, depression, and then the wrong reactions. Here's the fifth one. During a trial, our faith is put on the firing line. You know, Peter, in effect, says this in in his letter that our trials are tests. They are tests like gold is tried in the fire. This gets back to that passage from Job. Number six, and I have uh, three more. Number six, for the follower of Jesus Christ, for the follower of Jesus Christ, there's no such thing as fate or luck. God knows exactly what's going on, although he may appear to be asleep in the boat. He's still in your boat, okay? Uh, He's very aware. He loves you, and he has an objective in your trial that you can't see. And you can rest your head on a God like that. He did say, let's go over to the other side, right? Yes, absolutely. And he was in the boat. He He didn't get out of it. And in the other storm story that we have. He wasn't in the boat with them, but he was on the water walking toward them. Okay. So (laughs) the Lord knows what you're going through. I know those who are listening, if you really are going through the ninth circle of hell right now, the Lord is not sleeping. Okay. He is, he is aware of what's happening. Number seven, God's delays are not his denials. Hmm. This is huge, Brian, because One of the instruments that the Lord uses to change us, to transform us, and even to test us is delay. Very often, most often, he does not live in our time zone. Very often, he is too late, right? Uh, Think of Lazarus. Lazarus, four days late, he shows up. (laughs) Pretty egregious Um, example there, yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, But he does not operate on our timetable. And so often our prayers do not get answered immediately. Often it takes a long time, right? But his delay is not a denial. He does a lot during the delay. And we have many examples of this. Moses, Abraham, Joseph. The delays in their lives were God's mechanisms for growth and preparation. Mm-hmm. Preparation's huge, you know. God, God is very often, he's working on different levels, as I said before. He's preparing you for something, but he's also preparing whoever else is involved in your trial for something. And you may be ready, but they may not be. All right. So often, I'll just give you one example. I, I talk to a lot of people and they're single. And they're struggling with, you know, the desire to find a mate, to find a husband or a wife. Mm -hmm. And for some of them, they feel like throwing in the towel, right? Um, Well, here's the thing. The Lord is operating on two levels here, all right? One, assuming you are called to be married, one of them is he's working on you to get you ready, all right? And that's not an overnight thing, (laughs) okay? But the other thing is maybe you're ready. But the person who he's going to bring into your life is not. All right. His delay is not a denial. He is preparing. He is using the delay as a mechanism for growth. And here's the last one, Brian. Mm. You can waste your sufferings. You can waste your crisis. You can waste your trial. 
one of the ways we waste it is we don't recognize that God is sovereignly behind it for good. He's aiming at something. Another way we can waste it is we complain, we become victims. Yeah. You know, we fight against it. We yep. fight against the Lord. Another way we waste it is we uh, allow ourselves to be victims and rather than students. So these are just some of the ways we can waste a trial. But those are those are sort of the key ingredients and in anatomy of a trial. James says to consider it all joy. And then he says, let endurance have its perfect result. That is sort of an outcome, right? Orientation. Yes. And, it, and he talks about knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So... I suppose if we know, if we learn, if we understand that this testing is producing endurance, which is going to have some very positive outcomes for the Lord's glory and His story, firstly, right? But also, what's best for my story in Christ? I guess that's how I would like to see that, reminding ourselves to be joyful in it. Frank, instead of bitter or depressed? Well, I don't, yeah, bitterness is definitely another way to waste the trial. And, you know, the joy part is difficult um, because that really requires a, a perspective that we normally don't have. And I'm hoping that through this book, people will get that perspective. That doesn't mean you're going to be singing and happy every moment when you're going through the northeast corner of hell. But you can... <laughs> You can, like, like Jesus did with the cross for the joy that was set before him. You can look into the future and see, you know what? This is going to produce something. I don't really fully grasp what it's going to produce. Right. But I can set my joy in the future hope that, you know, Sunday is going to come. The sky is going to turn blue again. The sun's going to come back out Mm -hmm. and I can, I can push myself into the future. All right. In that sense. And, and, and accept a joy that I may not have in the present moment. Yes. But I can I can live in that future space. And, and again, I get into this in the book. But but I know, you know, another way to waste your suffering is to cave into the common temptations. And there's basically five of them. Brian. OK. OK. What are to those? Cave to cave into the common temptations that we are faced with when we are going through a storm or a trial or adversity. Yes. So what are those? Can you touch on a few of those? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So basically we, we do have an enemy. I'm a Christian who believes that Satan is real. He's not a figurative uh, metaphorical uh, entity in the Bible, but he's an actual person personality. Yeah. And uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, he, he's very active. And so he will take, Whatever you're going through, all right, whether it's a relational crisis, a health crisis, or a financial crisis, those are the three big ones mm. that we face. He'll, mm-hmm. t- he'll take it and he will try to leverage it for his causes, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically your destruction <laughs> um, because he hates human beings and foremost, he hates God's people. Here's, here's the interesting thing, Brian. It, there's five of them, which I'll go into briefly, but the word... And the Greek for trial has to do with pressure, being put under pressure. And that word is also translated temptation. So in the Bible, trial and temptation are, are they come from the same mm-hmm. Greek word. They're translated from the same Greek word. And what's, what's fascinating to me is that in a trial, there is always going to be a temptation. Now, the trial is the adversity. The temptation is 
the enemy of God and the enemy of, of humans trying to leverage it for his, for his own purposes. Uh, so here, here are the five temptations. Number one, during your trial, during your hardship, Satan will tempt you to doubt the goodness of God. That's a big one. Why am I going through this? Why did God allow this? Why did God cause this? Right? Sure. How can he be good if he's allowing this horrific thing to happen to me? Right? So that's number one. Can he's I ask you a question about that one? Can I ask you a question? the goodness of God. Yes. Yes. Because there's this, I'm sure you know, this sort of trite theology out there that God's a good God and the devil's a bad devil and everything that's good comes from God and everything that's bad comes from the devil. It feels a bit shallow to me. What do you think about that in relation to what we're talking about today, temptations and trials and overcoming? Yeah, well, that what you just described there uh, is what's called Manichaeism. Ooh. And Manichaeanism, yeah, and it's the idea that, you know, you have good and evil and everything could be put into those two boxes. And if something bad happens to you, it's the devil. If something good happens to you, it's God. And uh, this has seeped into some movements it in has. the Christian world. Um, I'm not going to name them. No. I came out, I came out of them <laughs> yeah. myself, but it's a very simplistic way of looking at it. And this is not how it works. Now in the book, I have a chapter called, where did your trial come from? And that's where I kind of get into a little bit of theology just to title. explain the, the interplay between the Lord and the enemy. And, uh, I just highlight things like from the book of Job and, and so forth. But here's the thing. You know, without understanding that God is a good God and he has your good, your best uh, intention at heart, and he's using this thing to bring great glory to himself yes. and also to bring great gain to you and others who are involved, yep. without that perspective, you're just going to uh, assume or believe wrongly uh, and this is the lie of the devil, right? My that life God sucks. is not good. And this goes back yeah. to the garden. I mean, the temptation. Did God really say? Uh, God is not really uh, after your best interest. That's what he told Eve in the temptation, you know? Yeah. God is hiding something from you. Yeah. He, you know, he knows that this is going to make you wise and like him. And, and that's, that's the assault. It's, it's a malicious assault against the goodness of God. You, and that's, that's the voice of the enemy always. Yeah. And I mean, and, we just, um, we just cave in and say, you know, it, it sucks to be me. <laughs> and Romans eight twenty eight clearly says he works all things, all things, both good and evil for your good and for his glory. Yeah. So that's the first temptation. Right. The second temptation is to retaliate against others involved in your trial in resentment, anger, or bitterness. All right. <laughs> and typically whatever trial you're going through. It's getting too real here, man. You're getting too real. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's true. I mean, Hey, look, I've faced all of them myself, yeah. you know, and, and virtually all the trials I've been through. But Brian, you know, here's the thing. If every trial, whether it's health trial, a financial trial, it has a relational component. And if it's just a head-on relational crisis, there will be the temptation to retaliate, resentment, anger, bitterness against people who are mistreating you or not doing their due diligence or not acting the way they're supposed to. That's the second temptation, and that's from the enemy. The third temptation is to give in to discouragement and despair. It's basically to throw in the towel and give up. 
All right. This is um, I mean, the worst case of that, Brian, is suicide. That's despair. That's when you've lost all hope. Now, discouragement is is normal, but we have to fight against discouragement because if not, we'll, it will lead to despair. And in the book, I give a recipe for how to overcome discouragement. Uh, the fourth temptation is to hand Jesus Christ divorce papers. Ooh. I'm sure you've seen this. Somebody goes through a real rough time. They blame God and then they say, I don't want to have anything to do with God. Right. And they become either uh, literal atheists or practical atheists and uh, they stop following the Lord. This is not what I signed up for. It's not what I thought it would be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so they they stop following Jesus Christ uh, because of their trial. And and I'm reminded of what uh, Jesus said to John the Baptist. You know, here's a man who served God to the fullest extent all his life. He denied himself. You know, never drank wine, did not wear decent clothing, you know, did not have a nice house, didn't, uh, you know, uh, eat normal foods. Uh, John the Baptist gave his whole life and here he's put in prison and he's just not understanding. You know, he's he's battling doubt. Yeah. Hey, did I put my money on the right one? Is he the one or should I wait for another? And uh, Jesus this is his cousin, right? Jesus did not, did not visit John. He just sent word back, and it's really not an answer. It's almost a non-answer, you know, like, okay, the dead are being raised, the sick are being healed, the lame are walking, the deaf are hearing, okay, the signs of the Messiah, good. But then he said this word, blessed is he who is not offended in me. Every Christian, when they come to terms with the Lord, Absolutely. not meeting their expectation. Yeah. Because we all face that side of God where he will not meet our expectations. And that's the question that will come to us. Are you going to be offended at me or are you going to trust me? So that's the other wow. temptation. Well, Frank, gonna- I guess I want to say that maybe it's a lack of good books, a lack of good teaching, discipleship that sets younger believers up for this sort of disappointment, right? Yeah, it's not just younger believers. I've seen people who've been Christians for a long time have something come into their life and God did not meet their expectation. You know, yeah. uh, God allowed it. God didn't answer their prayer. What was Jesus doing there with John where he kind of stays a little ambiguous with John? Is he still trying to wanting John I to think, process in his faith? What, what's, what's, what's going on there? I think, I think it's the same what he does to us. Uh, very often in my trials, his voice was not clear. I, I talk about this in the book, but when we're going through the worst scenarios in our own, in our own lives, God is most silent, but he speaks loudly. All right. And he speaks loudly through various means. And I talk about that uh, in the volume. But, you know, all of this is a test. All right. And and it is an instrument and a mechanism by which God is gaining ground in us. He's building our faith. You know, we will know him by faith or we will not know him. And this is a lesson that that all of us as Christians must learn. You know, Mm. he's a God who hides himself, it says in Isaiah. So number five, the fifth temptation, and, and this is maybe aside from suicide, this is the worst one. And that is the enemy will tempt us to escape the pain through drugs and or alcohol. 
And of course, that makes your trial even worse. Mm. It causes you to make mistakes even beyond the addiction that you've just formed or created. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can't afford to make mistakes in your trial. So mm. th- those are the five ways that the enemy uses to leverage the trial to basically destroy us and destroy that connection with the Savior who we need. If there's anything you need in a trial, you need to get closer to your Lord. All right. Cause he's the, he is the solution. He has the answers. He's going to get you through it on the other side where you can become version 2.0 of yourself. Oh, wow. This, the boy, this sounds like, I mean, I think it's always been needed, but I, I do feel with you that there's been a flare, you know, in the past year or two of, uh, let's say a need for this deeper understanding of what it means to process with God. Sort of like Christopher Columbus, over the horizon thinking and over the horizon belief, you know, you quoted the verse from G- about Jesus that the joy that was set before him, it's hard to interpret correctly and to get good meaning when we're like early in it or even in the middle part, right? It's only mm-hmm. later, would you say, that we are able to really interpret well? Very often, not always, sometimes the Lord will give us insight as we're going through it, but he will give us exactly what we need. And, and here's the, here's the interesting paradox about a, a trial. And I'm talking about a first class trial, something that is, is, is very difficult. We are not prepared to get through it. Uh, it's only by going through it that we get prepared. Mm. Okay. And there are things that we really must learn, things I learned, um, through a lot of pain and suffering and heartache that, that I want to pass on to God's people because I just see so many of, of the Lord's children struggling, really going through hell on earth. Either it's a health crisis or it's a relational crisis or it's a financial crisis or it's all three combined. Mm. And if you're listening to this and everything is going great in your life, well, number one, you're the exception. Number two, you know somebody <laughs> or someone's plural who are going through a hardship and this book would be of great help to them. And number three, get ready, right? Because <laughs> yes, I hate, right. hate to say that, but I mean, yeah, chances are, chances are there will be, will be something. I understand that. Are you also preparing a course that supplements this book? Can you tell us about that? Yes, I'm preparing a course. Actually, it's already done. It will be available uh, by the time people listen to this uh, interview. And it's called Surviving Your Storm. What it does, Brian, is it goes deeper into some of the themes that are in the book and expands them and then covers other territory. Uh, so, for example, I'll just give people a quick rundown of yeah. what's in it. The first lesson is welcome to the storm. And there's 30 lessons, one for each day of the month. Lesson one, don't panic. Lesson two, how to handle fear and anxiety. Lesson three, how to handle anger. Lesson four, avoid isolation. Lesson five, how to gain confidence. There's a lesson on refusing to argue. Mm. There's a lesson on create a new spiritual routine. Upgrade to version 2.0 of yourself. Live in the present. How to deal with limbo. Use your mind to defeat negative thoughts how to withstand, how to have peace in the storm. Basically, every single lesson, and I have a partner who does it with me, so we both talk. It's an audio course, so people can listen while they're driving or walking. You don't have to sit down in front of a video uh, and watch something. 
So it's really accessible. Every single lesson in the course, Brian has a practical growth tool. So not only are people getting insight into these different aspects of a trial, but they're given something very practical that they can put into their life and implement so that they're experiencing what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, now, here are some bonus ones, three bonus episodes or lessons, three bonus lessons. You can't afford to ignore this. This is <laughs> something very important that I talk about related to the trial. Thoughts on grief and lament. Now, the book is really not designed for a person who is uh, going through the loss of a loved one, you know, meaning okay. a tragedy of death. You yeah. know, somebody died in a cry. It's not really designed to go through grief. Uh, although I did have a good friend of mine who lost a teen son say the book helped him, even though we're not talking about grief. Oh. But in this particular bonus, I do talk about grief and lament. But the book is mainly written to people who are going through a, a, a first-class trial right now, and they don't know what the outcome is going to be. Bonus three is numbing with alcohol, drugs, and porn. And so I talk about yeah. those three Medication, temptations yeah. while a person's going through a, a first-class trial. And then I have a code of professional resources for financial, relational, and health crisis. We recommend professional help in certain situations and who to turn to. So so that's what the course is. It's called Surviving Your Storm. And Brian, all of this can be found on the website, hang on, let go, all one word, hangonletgo.com. Okay, hangonletgo.com. I'm excited about this course, Frank, because I love to see the Christ community as a learning community, you know, as a developing community. Yeah. And I think that sometimes a course is something that it's a pathway that really takes people through mm -hmm. a guided process and creates a different dynamic than just reading a book, you know, yes, there's different, yes. different modes of learning. And I like that a lot. What I write about trials and crisis and suffering relates to every kind of trial that a person will endure. So it's really a field guide. Any Christian who's going through a storm, how to navigate through it, how to survive it and how to thrive in it. What I really appreciate about your content and what you bring, uh, Frank, is that it's it has depth, there's church history, theology, deep biblical study, but also very practical, you know, as you say, like a time-tested field guide, in this case especially, very practical uh, wisdom. And um, I think one of the Old Testament words for wisdom is, is really practical, skillful living, you know, yeah. is, is, is some of the meaning that it carries. Now, is there a bonus connected with uh, this book? What we ask people to do if they want to listen to the first uh, lesson, the introductory lesson in the course, if your listeners go to bonus, hang on, let go at gmail.com. It's all one word, bonus, hang on, let go at gmail.com. And they put in the subject line, I bought the book. So assuming they buy the book, they will receive the first session of the supplemental course, okay, cool. Survi Surviving Your Storm, just as a thank you. I recommend people get a hold of the book. They read it or they read through it or they skim and dip. And if they really like it, then they may want to get the course, especially if they're going through a really, really hard time right now. Something about the human voice navigating them through. Yeah, I agree. Navigating them through their particular yeah. crisis can really be helpful. Yeah. Uh, and it's not a repeat of the book. It's it's a supplement. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, I'm sure it's an enhancement and it does create that sort of that pathway dynamic to guide somebody through. And you can get all these links and further information about all of this, jesussmart.com, overcome your trial. Just go to that show notes page, jesussmart.com, overcome your trial. And all of these links and information that Frank is mentioning will be recapitulated there. (laughs) Wonderful. Collected there in one succinct space. You know, we we just believe that these episodes get into the right ear holes, so to speak. Would you mind praying for over this issue and over those who are hearing and maybe especially over those who are maybe currently in an intense season? Oh, absolutely. No, I'd be honored to do that. Well, Lord, you know who's listening to this. You know who is uh, experiencing a a hardship, an adversity, a trial, a crisis. Uh, you know the pain, you know the tears, you know the suffering, you know the temptations. We just want to pray right now. We want to ask as we lift these people up, your children up to your throne, that you would give every single one of them a greater measure of your grace than they've experienced up to this point, that you would uh, reveal yourself to them in ways that they've never seen before, that you would teach them how to respond and not react, that you would show them how to hang on and what to hang on to and how to let go and what to let go of. And Lord, when the smoke clears and the dust settles, that they would be a different person and would fulfill your calling in their lives to greater measures and greater degrees than they ever have. I pray that you would just flood them right now with comfort, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the peace of, uh, of Jesus Christ, your son, and give them what they need. Lord, uh, a greater demonstration of your your love and your peace, your presence to get through this. And that, Lord, uh, your desired outcome would be fulfilled and you would touch their will and move their will to where it is in concert with your perfect will in their situation. Lord, I just would love to hear from them. Love to hear what you're doing in their life. Use this book, Lord, to touch many, to help many of your children. Use this course to touch many and help many of your children. All for your glory, Lord, for the advance of your kingdom in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yes, we agree together with that. Put our faith together with that. Hey, Frank, just one more minute. Let's give a bonus minute of audio right now on this podcast, if you don't mind. What would you, I was thinking about it as you were praying there, it came to mind, so I guess I'm going to bring it up. But what would you say about the importance of body of Christ relationships for somebody to really have maybe one, two, three trusted kingdom friends that they could maybe really draw closer to? during a season like that, to walk through it together, even mutually help each other? What do you think about that? Well, here's what I think, and you haven't gotten a hold of the book yet, but chapter seven is called You Need Friends. Okay. And it's all about avoiding isolation, and it's all about finding one or two trusted souls 
if you can find more, great. Who you can bear your soul to, who can walk with you through this storm and uh, hold your hand through it. Sure. Uh, it is vital. It mm. is vital. It and is. and the, the chapter will give a lot of insight and help, uh, as well as the course um, does yeah. the same. So, yeah, it's it's indispensable, uh, Brian. We're, I think we're it built is. for community. We're built to go through life together, especially if you're going through a hardship or an adversity. You really need friends. Yeah, it's an, it's a game changer in approaching it for sure. Well, thank you, Frank. I really appreciate this. Looking forward to um, pushing this out there. Okay. Thanks so much, Brian. I appreciate it. God bless you and your work and your ministry and uh, all who are involved in your life. And uh, we'll, we'll do it again soon. All right. Blessings, Frank. Friend, you can go to the show notes page for this episode at jesussmart.com slash overcome your trial. jesussmart.com slash overcome your trial. All the links and resources that we mentioned in today's episode with Frank Viola, you can find there, including the website that features his book and corresponding course, hangonletgo.com. And don't forget, he's offering that first module in the course for free if you just email to hangonletgo at gmail.com and type in the field, I bought the book, and maybe in the body of the text say, hey, Frank, really enjoyed the episode. I'm enjoying the book. And he will send you a link where you can access the first module to that course and try it out. Listen, let's be honest. Trials is a processing dynamic that God uses with us. If you've been taught an expression of Christianity, which does not include that dynamic, then you're going to struggle when trials come. We're not going to lie to you. The Lord uses trials for His glory, that He may gain territory in us, and that we may gain territory in our life And as we express our calling, our identity in Christ, the work that we do as we walk with Christ. Again, that website, hangonletgo.com for the book and the course and the show notes page, all of these resources there, jesussmart.com, overcome your trial. Would you share this with one or two of your friends, even maybe an enemy? That's the best syndication, personal recommendation. Jesus is brilliant. Do you know that Jesus went through trials? He's our mentor. He's our keystone, our point of reference. Walk with him. You'll catch his brilliance in a unique way. The future is his and he knows how life works best starting right here, right now. 